0: Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp.
1: Oh, baby, welcome in to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. The excitement that I have for this show, I cannot even put in words. I have my two friends, Matt Okada, John Helmkamp, joining me tonight to talk top 12 dynasty running backs, a subject that I love talking about. I know John does as well. Okada as well. We are all three huge fans of talking. I feel like wide receiver running back are the most fun in fantasy to talk about. And from a dynasty perspective, we were talking before we started recording mm. that this is a fascinating ranking system because today I was going through my top 12 and I was like, I literally could put anyone in the top 12 Five to 12 and shift them up in any order, and I would be like, yes, that makes perfect sense. So I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. Fellas, how are we doing?
0: Well, uh, I'm uh, impressed by John. His YouTube background now has Russell Wilson and Jonathan Taylor merchandise in it, and it is very fitting to the show. So uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, you're doing it wrong because you can enjoy the beauty behind both John and I. That's not so much. He has a attic bed in his
1: background <laughs> this is a loft uh yes this is a point of contention in the Bets household <laughs> with the wife um uh-huh. i've mentioned multiple times that listen okada john they're stepping up their youtube game like i can't beat mm. the guy on the show with this in the background mm. but apparently the desk doesn't look right in other parts of the room all these <laughs> other sort of things so i didn't get a green screen and up my game uh yeah, i'm very jealous of you guys i like it <laughs> Yeah, tonight. You know on what, show. You, need,
2: you need? You need to get one of those. You need to get one of those like boards that you can buy from like Home Depot. That's meant for a garage that has little holes in it with the hooks, yep. and oh. then like put that on wheels and then hang a bunch oh. of merchandise on it and slide it out behind you okay. and then okay. slide it back and find of a okay. corner.
0: Throw some wrenches on there. Oh, you fancy, huh?
1: All right, I like well,
2: it. I wasn't. I wasn't talking about making it like an actual garage, Okada. You can put oh. a jersey, or you know, <laughs> the glory days of the Eagles when they were actually good. Um, when was that? You know, things like
1: that. Three years ago, not that long.
2: Well, they beat your Patriots. So. Ah,
1: fair point. <laughs> Get wrecked. Uh, yeah, it's it's a rough time, but we'll see. Apparently, they were interviewing literally every uh, male over the age of thirty years old that has any relevance and coaching in the nfl today we're literally hiring or, or interviewing everyone i should say so i'm fascinated to see who the eagles hire but that is not the topic of today's show the topic is dynasty running backs and i just want to give a quick shout out to our boy here johnny pooh who you can follow on twitter at dynasty beard my man is crushing these rookie film breakdowns for you all like putting them in little short video clips which i love talking about what he's seeing on film so if you want to get a head start on your league mates uh, evaluating the running backs in this rookie class, which we will talk about in extensive detail in the next few months, uh, get a jump start. Go check out John's Twitter page; you'll find all that good stuff there, fellas. Before we get into the dynasty r- rankings, we just got to give a shout out to our man Philip Rivers, who retired oh. today. He announced officially from the NFL. Um, what a career! Like an Iron Man, played through a ruptured. Uh, it's called a plantar plate, basically a ligament yep. that sits on the bottom of your toe. Ruptured it this year, played through it like. Tough as nails. I went went back and watched a lot of him mic'd up today. Oh uh, on, so good. on YouTube. I mean, it's just great. Uh, Dag Gummit. <laughs> a lot of times.
2: <laughs> dad just, dad, I just, I
1: just dad shout Gummit. Shout out to our boy, Phil. Uh, is he a Is he a Hall of Famer? What do you think? No. Oh, that was quick. Uh, so not enough. even close. No. Um, Elon Manning has better. a
0: better uh what do you resume in terms of yeah. getting the Hall yeah. of Fame, and Elon Manning should absolutely not make it. Wow. Sorry. Well, that's, that's an
2: entirely different topic. The, the, if number of children was
0: important best, to making the Hall of Fame, I would say yes. But
2: then he's a first yeah. balloter. Um yes. The way that I heard it explained when it comes to Hall of Fame is um, I can't remember who I heard on NFL Network that said this line. Okada probably knows, but I've heard the line said. Can I tell the story of the NFL without this mm-hmm. player? Hmm. And and that resonated with me a lot when I heard it. Now with that, I can't tell the story of the NFL without Eli Manning disrupting nope. the perfect season for the Patriots. I think mm. that Eli has a reason, and a case, in a two-time Super Bowl champion for making it into the Hall. With Philip Rivers, I, he hasn't no, like he hasn't done anything that alters the history of the NFL. He's been a good, consistent. Iron Man, baby-making quarterback for a long time, a, a stat compiler, a very entertaining person. Um, but based on that sentence, can I tell the story of the NFL without this player? Yeah, I can tell it without Phil. Nothing against him. Great career. Fantastic. Long career. That doesn't mean that you belong in the Hall of Fame.
1: Sad times. Sorry, Phil. Uh, <laughs> love you, I-, Phil. I tend to agree. I love you, yes, I tend to agree. Uh, the Super Bowl just means so much in this league. So Eli, to me, two one historic. Like to me, he's in because of that. And again, this is a topic for another day. But I do think between the two of of those two options, I think he has a, the hand up in that. But for the record, Eli, if friend. I have a
0: if I ever have a vote, which I will not by this time, hey, don't get. I would vote time. for Rivers over Manning because I hate Eli Manning, and if he makes it to the Hall, I might quit football.
2: That's but just a. Personal bias, Okada. Yeah, there's well, of course different. I have a nasty personal bias against Eli Manning. It's like, it, it's like jury selection. Like you're going to walk in and they're going to be like, "Has this ever personally affected you?" Yes. yes. Exactly. I hate that M effort. Okay.
1: like Oh well, I just Okada's not voting. Yep, <laughs> locked <laughs> it in now. One of a hundred other reasons. uh But fellas, I just wanted to give a shout out to Philip Rivers. I mean what a career. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the top 12 running backs in our Consensus Dynasty ranks. If you missed last week's show, first off, shame on you. Second off, go back, check it out. We talked about our top 12 quarterbacks. Okada made the case for Kyler Murray over Patrick Mahomes. So check that out if you have any interest. Tonight, we will start at the top. Number one in the Consensus ranks. One for me, one for Okada. Number two for John. It is Christian McCaffrey. And fellas, we know the story with Christian McCaffrey, right? A lost season, basically quad issue at the end of the year shoulder issue early on in the season but in the again very very limited sample size he was on the field he was amazing he was the same Christian McCaffrey he just wasn't on the field this year so it kind of feels like that in redraft leagues especially you just got burned in dynasty I had him on a a contending roster at the start of the season I was like this is my year this is going to be awesome and I ended up like fourth worst in the league because they had uh CMC and Austin Eckler on the same roster didn't work out But I'm not wavering off the fact that this guy just signed a huge contract in the offseason this past year, is tied up there long term, has been productive in all facets of the game. Passing work, rushing work. He's an absolute workhorse stud. So I've got him at one. Okada, you're with me. Uh, John, we'll talk about your number one in a second. But uh, anything else you guys want to add on Christian McCaffrey, maybe in terms of his dynasty outlook after the loss season?
0: No. He's the best. I think John is a silly um, goose the, for what he the did. Only, but...
2: The only thing that I'm going to say for... Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, I thought you were a silly goose for Kyler Murray. But anyways, with Christian McCaffrey, the only thing that I'm... There's a couple just... I, I wouldn't even call them red flags. They're like just orange a shade flag. off green to slightly yellow. Like oh, yeah, Like yeah. not even orange. Like they're just like things to just kind of like... Be mindful of. He's already had an incredible workload, like so many touches in the NFL. Um, there's potential for another quarterback change, potential for maybe even another off- offensive coordinator change coming up soon. Um, that team is very much in flux. Um, the workload in the amount of time that he's been in the NFL is insane. I mean, 400-plus touches in two straight years, I think it was. That That's crazy. That is – in an absolutely absurd amount of workload, which contributed to him being that cheat code player where you were getting RB1 and wide receiver one production out of the same person on your roster last season. But I'm sorry, geez, we gotta, we're, we're moving ahead. It's 2021. This is two years ago. Now that we're talking about 2019 two seasons ago, Christian McCaffrey you gave you RB1 and wide receiver one numbers and it's injuries and a heavy workload and the running back landscape changes very quickly. He's still very, 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 very good. He, it was very hard for me not to put him at one, but those were a couple of the reasons why I just moved him down one, just one one little notch.
1: All right. I think you're off your rocker, uh, to be totally <laughs> honest with you let's move cool, on man. To, That's to, number, great. <laughs> to number two because it's going to blend right in so let's just talk about these two in context and, and i i'm kind of surprised but i'm also not shocked at all i mean this guy has a, a jonathan taylor signed football in his youtube background right now he has moved the man it's a number one in the dynasty running back rankings john helm camp has done it he has jonathan taylor at running back one in dynasty he would take him over any other running back on the planet right now. I've got him at three, so I'm very, very high on Jonathan Taylor based off what we've seen in the, the second half of the year based off draft capital, etc. Okada's a little bit more, uh, I guess, level-headed of <laughs> the, the three of us at five. But, John, sell me, man, how, how can this guy be the top overall Dynasty running back?
2: Okay, so... With Jonathan Taylor, Um, when when I'm looking at my running back rankings, and I even texted you fools in the middle of doing this saying, this is really tough for me to do because there's so many different ways that you can look at this. Do I have Jonathan Taylor as my number one running back for 2021? No, I do not. He's not going to be my redraft RB1. But in terms of dynasty – The running back landscape changes so quick. Having a running back maintain at the top tier for a long period of time just doesn't happen. We look at what Todd Gurley was doing in 2016, 2017, and he was the king of fantasy football. If you had him, congratulations on your championship. That's what CMC was in 2019, which is now going to be two seasons removed going into this next year. Yes, I still think that you're going to get another very heavy workload out of CMC, but I don't think that they're going to give him the 400 touches. Again, I think that they're going to be more conservative in terms of what they give him. I think that you see Curtis Samuel getting more and more involved. He was a great kind of Swiss Army knife for them this season out of the backfield, in the slot. They did direct snaps to him. They, they schemed up ways to, to get him the ball. I think that that will probably continue in some capacity, maybe even with a little Mike Davis if he's back in that offense just to lighten the workload for CMC just a little bit. I'm not talking about like a 50-50 split or anything like that, but I'm thinking that CMC's workload comes down just a touch. And I'm not even talking about for 2021. I still think CMC has the best chance of anyone to be the RB1 in 2021. But looking out a couple years, down the stretch this season on a points-per-game basis from Week 12 on – JT was the RB one. That's when Derrick Henry was going berserk and running for 200 plus yards. That's when Alvin Kamara put up six touchdowns on Christmas day. That is with everything else that was going on in the landscape on a points per game basis. JT was the RB one. He finished the year at RB six in a rookie season where he never even took off until after the halfway point. Like RB six is like his floor. So if you are going to give me more time, more longevity, more opportunities for this player to potentially contribute RB1 numbers to my dynasty team, that's why I put him at one ahead of CMC because when the drop-off happens for running backs, it happens quick. And I know that CMC is an elite talent and an elite fantasy option, but he might only have like two more years of that before it starts like really trailing off where JT might have five or six. So I think that you're looking at a longevity standpoint is why I have JT up there in dynasty. Again, not for redraft. CMC is still going to be my redraft RB1 and JT might slot in at like RB4 or something like that on a redraft purpose. But for dynasty's sake on that youth, on that longevity, um, everything that he demonstrated, I I think that he's an elite running back in the NFL and, and uh, yeah, in dynasty circles, I'd, I'd want him over anyone.
1: Before we move on, can we, can we all agree? Well, I don't even know if it matters if it's Superflex or not, but at least in single quarterback, top 12 startup pick. Yes or no? Yeah. Yes, in single quarterback, not in okay. Superflex. We're early second. So I can definitely see that scenario exist. And if we talked about this in a year, which we're going to, I can see a scenario where we're like, man, John was on point and... He should have been up there. I have him at three, so I'm not that far behind. Like I absolutely think that he is a locked and loaded top five dynasty back. No questions asked. Okada's more on the fringe. So, Okada, why are you lower on this guy versus a couple other guys we're going to talk about?
0: Yeah, I have him at five, and I'm honestly... uh, I was a little impressed with myself for getting him all the way up to five until I saw you Dingus's rankings. (laughs) Um, Okay. There's a few things going on here, okay? Number one, putting anyone besides... McCaffrey at number one is nonsense. Jonathan Taylor has what John said about him being a floor at RB six is probably one of the most accurate things he said during his, uh, soliloquy. However, there is literally no chance barring injury that he ever tops Christian McCaffrey in a season because he's not ever going to have 90 catches, which Christian McCaffrey is going to have every year. Now, Christian McCaffrey does not have a great, uh, necessarily reliable offense and quarterback situation, but he makes up for that with all that pass catching. The other guys I have ahead of him have one of those two things. And Jonathan Taylor for me is the the first guy that doesn't have one of those two things. So big spoiler alert. I have Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry coming up. They both have what I feel like are more stable offenses with quarterbacks that I trust to be good and help the running game. Uh, and focus around the running game because the quarterback is who it is, a.k.a. Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill. The other two guys that I have, spoiler alert again, are uh, Saquon Barkley and who else do I have? Christian McCaffrey. Is that it? Yes, and Christian McCaffrey. Those are the only four guys I have ahead of him, and Saquon and Christian McCaffrey are going to be 80-90 catch guys. After that, Taylor does not have a quarterback as of today. Right. Right. The offensive line was not as good this year as it was two years ago, which could mean it's trending in the wrong direction. It's still very good, but relying on an offensive line to stay very good for over a long period of time is tough. And what it really boils down to for me, and this was kind of going to be my main point coming into this podcast. I've officially decided, formal Okada decision, to rank running backs for a two-year window and no more. We have talked a lot about, you know, in dynasty in general, do we have a three-year window? We don't play too much for six years down the road. Quarterbacks is a little different. And then John brought up quarterbacks a little bit earlier, and he's like, you know quarterbacks can be there for a long time. I think we need to start being very drawing very hard lines between positions when it comes to what we're projecting years-wise when we rank in dynasty. In a quarterback position, I'm fine to rank five, six years. At a wide receiver, maybe it's three or four because contracts – Although I'm not as concerned about declining age and things like that. For running backs, I'm I'm freaking set in line at two years. I don't care if they're a rookie that's amazing. I don't care if they came in at 21. Two years, that's what you get. Running backs just die out of the blue, and I'm tired of it.
1: Exhibit so, A, Todd Gurley.
0: Exactly. And he's not even that old. Like, when we were arguing for Todd Gurley to be great, we're like, he's still 24, 25. He's still got three years left. No! I don't care how old you are. I don't care whether you're a rookie or not. I'm ranking for two years. And where Jonathan Taylor could get a step up over these other guys for me is with his youth. But because I'm not going to rank more than two years out, I trust CMC, Cook, Barkley, Henry, and even a couple other guys to be very relevant for two more years. And that's where I'm cutting it off. So not everyone has to do it my way. It's a little aggressive, I'll admit. But that's what I'm going with moving forward. So you'll see that reflected in my rankings. It
1: but that is, actually but I understand it. Yeah, I was gonna say, but it's not really like like it, it actually is right. Like if you look at the data, it's correct. The the running backs that produce for more than three years at a top 15 level is few and far Fair. between. So, so right. I'm with you, and I actually feel like that. I mean, this is fun to debate our ranks, but like if listeners take away one thing. That is the thing that you take away from this podcast. It doesn't matter if Jonathan Taylor is two or three in our ranks or one or two or whatever. They're great running backs and you want them on your team for two or three years. But you need to identify when the time is to sell these running backs to maximize value and redraft a rookie running back or trade for a rookie running back or whatever to refill the youth. That is that's the take home. So I'm with you on that for sure. And I think our rankings largely reflect a lot of the same things. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to number three. Dalvin Cook, Okada's two. John and I both have this guy at Forest. So we're all pretty close together. I mean, when he's on the field, he's a top two or three weekly ranked running back in redraft leagues. You know what you have in this guy. He's a workhorse, catches the football, um, absolutely electric with the ball in his hands. Again, for two years, I feel confident that Dalvin Cook is going to be getting an insane amount of volume. But if you have Dalvin Cook, and I have a roster actually right now that um, I almost won last year. And I don't know how I didn't because I had Derek Henry and Dalvin Cook on the same team. But I'm right. already making plans to be selling one of these two guys or maybe both after this year. Mm. Like That's kind of where I'm thinking. But for the next year or two, I know these guys are going to be good. So Dalvin, for me, at four. No qualms with anyone that has them higher. Okada, you're obviously a little higher uh, with Dalvin there. Fellas, do you think Dalvin Cook is going to finish higher in redraft than Christian McCaffrey next year? PPR? PPR. No. Okay. <laughs> <how> I,
0: <laughs> I love.
2: I love that you asked the qualifier, and then said, "No,
0: To be fair, <laughs> by the way, to Dalvin Cook, he could be a, a, as good a pass-catching running back, in my opinion, as CMC. But they don't really tend to target him as much as CMC, so I can't give him the bump. But I do okay. think he's. I do think he is the best running running back in the NFL. I've said this many times. You guys yeah, disagree yeah. with me largely. But I do think he is the best running running back.
1: Yeah, I think he's up there. You I ever see Nick Chubb, a
0: football? Nick Chubb's very good. He's, I would say he's top three.
1: We'll get to him in a minute. All right. You let's go to Dalvin. Just
2: saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what week of the season are we looking at? Oh. 11. <clears throat> okay, cool. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so funny. You look at the week to week, and you know, like people are like freaking out, like in like week seven or eight, they're like, "Is he actually the real deal?" It's like you people is just have like, Richardson?
2: short, short time,
1: Settle. like attention span to like football. It's like, man, this the season is already a short sample size as it is. Let alone trying to zoom in on a week to week basis is just Guys, silly.
0: I have a genius idea. Redshirt product me. podcasters okay. tweeted us if you are down for this. In 2021, we release a red shirt's calendar. Probably, it's mostly pictures of us shirtless, let's be honest. <laughs> but... but and nobody wanted what month It, it said, it said well, the three of us, so we each get four months. But <laughs> instead of holidays, we put little markers throughout the season to remind people the things that we said in the preseason. Because we told everyone, except John, because he's out of control, Jonathan Taylor will not be that great until... Week 7, 8, something like that. Spoiler alert, that's exactly what happened. But when week 7 or 8 came around and he wasn't good, people were freaking out and selling him. If they just had that on their calendar, oh, what's this? I've arrived in October. Look at this on the red shirt's calendar. It says, Jonathan oh. Taylor's about to get good. It's, <laughs> it's week 6 and Derrick Henry is quarterback 10.
2: <laughs> Buy him. Like, <laughs> every single year. No, but I'm with you. I mean, even in the preseason, I was largely in step with that whole thought process, too. With there not being a preseason, all these rookie running backs were probably going to take some time to acclimate to the NFL. And we saw it across the board. We saw it with JT. We saw it with J.K. Dobbins. We saw it with Cam Akers. It took a long time for these guys, without the preseason and the training camp and all that stuff, to figure out their offensive line, to learn, like, the rhythm of the NFL, to get in step – Running backs are very kind of fickle that way. Like they need to get into the rhythm of the game because a half a step wrong here and there, the play's gone. They need to get it and get the timing down. And it took these guys time because there was no opportunity to do this before the season started. And then down the back half of the year, now we're looking at Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, uh, DeAndre Swift, potentially weird coaching situation. And Jonathan Taylor, as all They're being like what we thought they were going to be, you know, coming into the year, it's like ride out the roller coaster and settle the f down, and we're going to be fine. I promise.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Okay, on that note, let's move on to to our consensus four. I've got this player at six. You two have this fine gentleman at three, and Saquon Barkley is amazing. I mean, I can't, there's nothing to say. He's fantastic. He gets a ton of volume, all those things, but it's January and I'm a little more conservative, just looking at players coming off injury. That's, that's mostly it with Saquon Barkley. I just want to see how does he progress this year? His injury happened relatively early in the season. So I do think he's ready to go. I think he's ready for training camp, all those things, but I just want to see it first because it's been a while since we've seen him on the field. Um, and let's not forget too, there was a narrative entering last year where Without Eli Manning under center, there was question marks. Is Saquon Barkley going to get targeted in the passing game the way that he he did from old man Eli with these checkdowns? And it didn't really happen as much. So I could see myself moving Saquon up definitely in redraft rankings, uh, certainly in Dynasty, because he's so young and has that two year window like we're talking about. But I feel like maybe I'd cap him at like three to five in terms of looking at this year just because I want to see him get more of that PPR value that we know Christian McCaffrey has. We know Dalvin cook has those sort of things. So to me, I don't want to say the shine has kind of fallen off Saquon Barkley, but it just without Eli, there checking the ball down so, so much. We just didn't see it. And now I, I don't know is Daniel Jones, even the quarterback, I don't know. So there's a lot of question sure marks is. with the giants and with, uh, Saquon's knee at this point in the season. That's why I'm at six.
0: Um, I don't hate that. In fact, I kind of forgot how bad the Giants were when I ranked them at three. I might have to reconsider a little bit and see if I need to come down. Because I like like my running backs to be on good offenses, and the Giants are crap. However, to your point, they were utter garbage this year with no Saquon. I think that they know they have to get the ball into Saquon's hands in every way possible in order to have a chance. And whether that's Daniel Jones after a terrible season saying okay, what can I do to not be awful and keep my job? Oh, I should play like Philip Rivers and Eli Manning did for 20 years who managed to keep their job without being that great, which is dumping the ball off. Uh, Or they go and get somebody else, and they're young probably and do the same thing. So I think Saquon gets the catches to do what I said about that CMC will do as well, which is you don't have to have an elite offense, although CMCs is probably better by a good amount, even though it's not elite. But if you catch a lot of passes, you can
1: still be good. Great. Elite. True. True, true. Uh, all right. The King. God, I freaking love Derrick Henry. I was such a hater early in his career. Do you remember that, Okada? <laughs> yes. I but do it was remember because, it. It was because this man was still behind DeMarco Murray at the time, and everyone was just this like, all right, DeMarco, get it. out of the way. And they ran that exotic smash mouth in Tennessee. I remember yes! that time. Oh, and thank you! Mark Murray DeMar- was so good. He was an RB one. I haven't heard that like,
2: in like four years, and I'm oh, so yeah. happy. I believe, if I'm not mistaken,
0: oh, I Lord. believe that the PFR website they they break down the offenses for teams for each season. I believe it actually says that on that <laughs> season. I'm gonna I'm gonna look
1: around while you guys. Oh keep that made
2: but, me so happy.
1: Yeah, that's that's just. You love to see it, uh, who but who was the O.C. From, oh, I forget who that was. Uh, who Harry or, or, no, who's the head coach? Oh, the head coach. Um,
0: that
2: uh, was. Malarkey. Uh,
1: yes, yeah. boy,
2: Malarkey. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Only uh, someone with I the last name I mean. you would would try to establish a, an exotic smash mouth exotic offense. Smash. True. But DeMarco Mari was there and things have certainly changed. Like when you look at what the team was three to five years ago, whenever that was, and I remember four years ago, I guess um, Marcus Mariota was the quarterback. The offensive line was okay. And the offense didn't lean on Derrick Henry no matter what. And now we just know that that's what this is. And I'm done fading this guy because he doesn't catch passes. It clearly doesn't matter. Like He is just defying everything that I stand for in terms of ranking running backs as highly that don't catch passes, but he's just freaking good, and he's so efficient with the workload that he gets. So uh, do you guys see any issues with workload down the stretch here for the next year or two with Derrick Henry? I think we're all kind of in agreement in the consensus ranks. I have him at five. Okada, you're at four, and John, you're with me at five.
0: I mean... By by numbers and pure logic, you have to say that it's concerning because everything John said earlier about Christian McCaffrey's workload applies double fold to Derrick Henry, who's getting the the touches the 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 bodily harm, if you will, of the touches is worse for carries than it is for catches by a long shot because they're yeah. smashing into a line. Usually, here's the difference, though: when you take two rocks that are the same size and you smash them together. One of those rocks, both of those rocks, over time, break down. But when you take a pebble and smash it against a giant boulder, the boulder is fine. And Derrick Henry, the freaking boulder. So, no, <laughs> I'm not concerned. He's freaking Yes.
2: Science. I love it so much, and I am so on board. Derrick Henry takes your analytics and your fantasy football philosophies, and he just – crunches them up into this little ball and chucks it over his shoulder as he's stiff arming a defender into the earth on his way to a 60 yard touchdown. <laughs> Derek Henry is a unicorn of a running back and I love him. And this is going to be one of the running backs that I'm not going to get out early on. I- I'm just not. He's going to ride out on all my rosters uh, until until the fall-off happens, and I will be fine with that because I don't know what it's going to be because he's not your average human. The dude is a monster of a man. He's, uh, he, he's a middle linebacker playing running back. It is absolutely absurd. He could still do this for three more years, easily. If you told me three years from now he puts up 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns, I would believe it 100%. I, I would have no question with that. Could the fall-off happen like, in the next year to two? Yeah, it could. It, it could catch up to him. But as of right now, he's just someone that I, I trust to be the bigger, more physical person on the field and, and for him to inflict the harm on the defense instead of the other way around. And I'm just going to ride that off into the sunset. He's in the perfect system for him. They, they know exactly what they are as an offense, which is why they're like, we're going to sign Derrick Henry. We're going to sign Ryan Tannehill. Like This is this is what we are going to do and how we are going to try to win is with this Derrick Henry pounding the rock and Tannehill being incredibly efficient on play action. That is the offense that they are going to roll with for the foreseeable future. And as long as that's the recipe, I want Derrick Henry. I, I'm not trading him away. He's, he's going to ride out on all my rosters.
1: Any concerns with the loss of Arthur yeah. Smith, their offensive coordinator? Former offensive um,
0: coordinator. I mean, that's a tough one. I would probably have to look a little, a little bit into the data of when a great offensive coordinator goes and gets a head coaching gig. Do, does that team then struggle on offense? I would assume in this case, at least because it's so clear what works for them, that no right. matter who they hire, they're just going to say, you're running the system we already have. And they'll probably hire based off that. Of, have they hired anyone, by the way, yet? I don't know. I don't. I doubt it.
2: Not for I don't those think you know.
0: Smith was recent. Yeah.
1: No.
0: Uh, they're not going to bring someone into that's creative to try to bring some fresh thing like this is the Bengals or something. They know, you know what, what they're, they're doing, need? and they know what will like work. Malarkey. What do they need? Yeah, you need Mike Malarkey. They need Mike Malarkey. Bring him. Oh boy. <laughs> Although if That'd that so happens,
2: Darlington Evans is going to get eight touches a game. Yeah, I probably. See if they brought back Mike Mularkey. Okay, go said.
0: away, Mike Mularky.
1: I don't want you.
2: Yeah,
1: no. Get your Malarkey out of here. Malarkey, I tell you. All right. What what is,
2: that? Was fun.
1: What is Malarkey Is you two oh, hooligans gosh. with Alvin Kamara's rank, and we're talking about two oh. years, three. Where are the hooligans? You have him at eight Okada and seven Johnny Pooh. Yeah, I have this man, and the burden of proof is on you, Mister Two Overall. What? I have it. A running back for you all that is finished as the running back three. I don't, care. Four, I don't 12, care And this I year the running back one in me. fantasy. And you guys True. want to have him at True. eight or seven. Now, you're gonna tell me it's because Drew Brees is retired, and I'm gonna say Yeah, that probably does affect the way that he plays. But I'm not looking at a Taysom Hill offense for three weeks and taking that as the normal. It is Alvin freaking Kamara, one of the best running backs in football. And have you seen this man with his grills making the number 41 actually look cool, which is a really important thing with his tape on the back of his arms? I'm not ranking him lower than two. He is just so, so, so freaking efficient with the ball in his hands. And Sean Payton is a coach that I trust. I trust them to put him in a position to succeed. I... The Taysom Hill stuff that you're going to tell me about is too small of a sample size <laughs> for an argument. Fellas, your turn.
0: Well, I trust Sean Payton to overemphasize Taysom Hill. <laughs> it's certain, that's, yes. that's one thing I trust. No, here's the thing. Do I base everything going on here off of Taysom Hill's three-game sample size as a starter? No. Do I account for it? Yes. Sean Payton was still the coach. Alvin Kamara was still their best player. And he disappeared completely for three games. And then he came
1: back when Breeze came back. However. To be fair. Yes. The one game was like that weird, like Denver didn't have a quarterback. So like they, barely, they could have not done anything and won the game. So like they didn't really need him. Here's my main concern. It's less
0: about what we saw from Taysom Hill in three games without Breeze. And just the fact that Drew Breeze is leading. Arguably the Third greatest quarterback of all time. Yep. Who's above them? Who has Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady? Joe Montana, okay. also, probably, depending on how you define Goat. But I think I think that Brady I
2: think I think that Breeze is a firm five.
0: Like, top five, five or number five. I okay. Think, yes. I think saying Agreed. the top
2: five quarterback all the time is like an easy yes. blanket statement for
0: Drew Brees. Who has sure. run Sean Payton's offenses to utter perfection for over a decade now decade and a half, is going to be gone. Although, I don't know what he's doing. Could he just hurry up and retire, please? <laughs> um, I, I, be I, did, I bet you like money, three, I I bet you money.
2: money that there's, there's a press conference, like, next Tuesday. Like, he went out Ooh, and he was calendar.
0: blowing kisses to the fans, and he went out and threw footballs with everybody, Tom Brady. Let me do this. this.
2: <laughs> on his way out the door. He's looking back we at the Oh, no, he's
0: retiring. Just retire so we can re- release our retirement packet at NFL Research and be done with it. That's really what this <laughs> is about. This is uh, exactly what this is about. In There's any no case, secret. I don't see a way that this offense does not regress. If Taysom Hill's out there, I'm going to love it. It's going to be exciting. But it's not going to be what it was, whether or not it's Kamara Disappears. If Jameis Winston is out there, it's going to be a hot mess. They're going to throw a lot of interceptions, and Kamara's not going to have as much chance to score. Also, by the way, putting Taysom Hill's three-game sample size aside, although this is one of the main things about that sample size that was so concerning, my main concern if he is the quarterback is that he's going to take a lot of touchdowns inside the 10. Yep. And that's where Alvin Kamara gets a lot of his points, also a lot from catches, but he's been one of the best scorers in the NFL for three four years now. Taysom he, Hill's going to are- score a lot of touchdowns, that concerns me.
2: Interlude on that Christmas day when he scored six touchdowns. Mm. I swear four of them were long plays that ended inside the three. Like that set I mean, it up. Yeah, you like don't there score
1: was, six touchdowns without some luck. Well, I know, but that,
2: that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what he's been the benefactor of an offense that gets down there very efficiently yeah. inside very the true. five, inside the ten. And then they're like, okay, well, now we just give it to Kamara, either running or Passing to him with his like eighty-one receptions exactly for three years in a row. How dare he break that this year? Um, How rude! But yeah, how rude of him. What did he finish at? Eighty-nine. He was like right there. Eighty-seven. I think. Eighty-seven. Thank you. Um, I'm I'm just concerned because there's there's so much (laughs) there's so much movement here. The quarterback change for him I think disrupts a lot because he had the perfect ecosystem for him which was with Drew Brees in that offense. They know what their roles, they're all perfectly designed. It's centered around just like very specific things. Drew Brees being, being efficient, having a very efficient wide receiver that he peppered with targets, have a very efficient running back that you know would carry the ball a decent amount and also get a really heavy reception workload. And it was like this beautiful little ecosystem. And now that ecosystem is going away. And the questions about what it's going to look like after that are concerning to me. Are they still going to force feed him, you know, 80 plus receptions targets. per year? Yeah, 100 targets. Yeah. If it's Jameis Wisson that's under center, because he doesn't check it down. He does not target his running backs. He's not going to no, go, no, care. no running back. He's just launching <laughs> it down there, and we're going to see what's going to happen. Such so, a bad
0: fit for this offense, by the way. I don't so know why they even, ever thought I that even
2: him. I, it makes no sense to me. I think there's just a lot of questions. I, I think the fact that all of this change is happening, and we still have Alvin Kamara as a running back, one is a testament to his skill set. Yeah. Like he's a very, very good, elusive, explosive running back. Uh, arguably the best receiving running back in the NFL. I think it's you can make that argument, um, and we still have him as an RB one even when Breeze is leaving town. And we have no idea what this offense is going to look like next year. Could he? Could he be a top three guy? Absolutely. Could he Quite be outside lead. the top twelve? Absolutely. Yeah, it could go so many different ways. That that's why I'm like I'm just gonna split the difference. I'm gonna put them like kind of right in the middle of RB one status because there are a lot of legitimate question marks.
1: All right, fair enough.
0: Beth, I hear if I move them up one spot. Will you move him down one spot,
1: like a trade? <laughs> uh, where would that you would put him then at what three? And I'll seven. put him at three. Oh wait, who am I reading? Oh, I'm sorry, I was one off. Yeah, you'd be at seven. I'd be at three. That's fair. I'll do that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. Let's
2: balance it out. Balance it out.
1: <laughs> Deal. All right, uh, next up in the ranks, we talked about this guy for a brief second earlier. It is Nick Chubb at seven. Okada's at six. John is at six. I'm at eight. So we're all right there. Um, Man, like, again, this is Derek Henry type of analysis. Like, he, when he gets the ball in his hands, he is just so efficient. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, led the league in, in rushes of 15-plus yards this year. Like, when he gets the ball, he is just into the second level with ease and the way that this offense is kind of evolving. We saw Baker get more efficient. Like to me, this is the Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry talk, but maybe just a little bit less of that in terms of uh, level of efficiency. I don't even want to say skill set, but just how good the offense is, so to speak. So same argument doesn't catch a ton of passes can, but we just seen him just be so good when they get the ball in his hands. So love Nick Chubb. I I wish I could put him higher, but again, just doesn't like actually get touchdown. Uh, sorry, receptions, I should say, uh, with Kareem Hunt there in town. So that's the reason I have him a little bit lower at eight, but certainly could see him finishing higher in a given year, for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, Kareem Hunt really a fly in the ointment here with his extension. Yeah. He could easily be higher if not, if not for that. However, oh, yeah. one thing I will throw in there as an important note, this was Kevin Stefanski's first year as a head coach. We saw the offense get better just halfway through this season, And how good it got by the end of a first-year head coach's first season,
2: in my opinion,
0: is a very good sign for what this offense can be for many years. They can easily be what the Titans have been the last couple years, or better because it could be argued they have better pass catchers. Well, now A.J. Brown is there, so maybe not so much. But this offense, it could easily be a top-five offense for the next few years. And to get the primary running running back, uh, who's going to score most of the inside the five touchdowns on that team feels very good.
2: Yeah, and I think that Kevin Stefanski is still figuring it all out. Like I think there's still room Where's for your head growth. coach. That, yeah, Where's your head coach. He's still figuring it Looks like he ah. he came out. What what do you say, Betts?
1: In he said a in a COVID off-season. offseason.
2: Yeah, true that too. They they figured all this out on the fly with Odell Beckham Jr. getting hurt in season like so much adjusting went on in this offense and then you look at that game like between them and Baltimore and holy cow like offenses you know was was humming for for both teams really but I love seeing Cleveland make this step and have an offense that is built around Baker's skill set Kevin Stefanski came out and said he was like Yeah, as I started to learn more, I'm paraphrasing, learn more about Baker Mayfield and what he does well, and I started calling plays that fit his skill set, he took a big step forward, and this offense started to click better. So he was learning Baker throughout the season as well and figuring out the things that he does well and is comfortable with doing. This offense, I think, is going to continue to take a step forward next year with or without OBJ. I mean, we've talked about OBJ a couple times, right? Get him out. He's almost – yeah, I think they should. I think they should trade him. Like, I, yep. I
0: really I really think
2: that they should. I think they're better for it because he's very much that wide receiver that needs to get the early involvement. He's like a point guard that needs to see the ball go through the net early in the game to get into a rhythm. He's the same way as a wide receiver. So they're, like, force-feeding him these early, like, bubble screens and slant routes and things to, like, try to get him into rhythm and get moving. No, you're more efficient and better without him trade him away on name value and go get some picks back and make the team better. But I think that Nick Chubb, if it wasn't for Kareem hunt, Nick Chubb could be a top three running back for fantasy purposes. But with hunt there, it limits the upside. And then every once in a while, you see these weird games where he only gets like 14 carries and you're like, what are you doing?
1: Like so annoying. He's the
2: arguably the best runner in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. In the had I had I the, yep. the whole point guard ball go through the net thing Nick like
1: net. driving the lane. Get the yes. hell out of the way!
2: Hero <laughs> stepping through the lane. Um, that's exactly what he does. Arguably the best peer runner in the NFL. Like, why are you not giving this guy 18 plus touches per game? It doesn't make any sense to me. So, very, very talented in an offense that I think is ascending. I think that he's a Uh, A really, really good RB1. I was concerned going into this last season. He proved me wrong. He deserves to be a mid-range everyone.
1: Yeah, he's just so good with the ball in his hands. So Um, Yes, and annoying when they give him, like you said, 14 touches, and it's like, dude, he's been awesome all game. Why not more? But I digress. All right, fellas, we have five more running backs in our top 12 to get to. Let's speed it up a little bit. Uh, Next up on the list, Austin Eckler at number eight. Okada at nine. I'm at seven. John is at ten. And... uh, With Austin Eckler, I mean, we didn't really get to see what the the full, I guess, picture of what he could be with Justin Herbert. We saw a glimpse for about, what, six-ish weeks of the season. And holy crap, it was awesome. And part of that was still without Keenan Allen on the field, who missed a couple weeks because of his hamstring issue at the end of the year. But we saw Justin Herbert come in and target Austin Eckler at an elevated rate, even with Keenan Allen on the field. And the whole concern that we had with Austin Eckler last year as far as the community in general of dynasty and fantasy football was, is Justin Herbert going to target Austin Eckler the way Philip Rivers did? I don't know, probably not, but then he came in and did it. So you like to see that, of course. And then, you know, from there to, um, there could be some changes in the offense from a coaching perspective that you could easily argue are more optimal. I love Anthony <laughs> Lynn. He seems like a great guy, but man, horrible <laughs> um, management of the clock and decision-making there. So I think there was actually pointing up on Austin Eckler personally. What are you guys' thoughts?
0: Uh, I agree. I have him at nine, which is a few spots ahead of where he finished on a per game basis. Uh, here's the thing, guys: the Chargers are going to make it to. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the divisional round and then lose, but I think they could make it to the AFC Championship. Oh, okay. Gonna year. be year, very yes, They're going to be a very good 51. football team. This 2021 with the, 2021 with the
2: former Rams. Assistant yes, and here's why. New head coach.
0: The Rams defense was amazing, so I feel yes, okay well, about him. Pretty easy to, to do, amazing
2: when you have two defenders that are the best in the league at their position. They're very Just good. Saying.
0: They're very good, but it was the best defense in the league, which it was not yeah. the year before. Okay. It was.
2: Think,
0: well, came mid-season. Anyways, the I defense guess. is going to be better because he is their head coach, in my opinion. And the More offense matter the who's in charge coach, there.
2: Did they get rid of their uh, team doctors yet?
0: Because oh. that team
1: can never stay
0: healthy. True, because Derwin James is only going to be on the field if they got rid of their team doctors. So that is a very good point. That really yeah. sucks,
1: man. I want to see Derwin James play. Dude,
0: yes, we are going to have to see him play at some time or it's going to be the worst lost career in the history of the game. Um, but this Charter team is going to be really, really, really good. They And here's what my favorite thing about Austin Eckler. He's on a reliable long-term for a running back contract, but not one like Zeke or even CMC or Derrick Henry that is eating up your team's salary yeah. cap on a position you should not eat it up and therefore making your whole team worse. He's on a $6 million a year deal that is incredible for the team because he's not those guys, those you know 300-carry guys. They, are at, they have a rookie quarterback, which means that contract situation is very uh, optimal. They have a lot of ability to build an amazing team for the next few years while Austin Neckler yeah. is the primary running back. He is like CMC Light, in my opinion. And I have him a few spots lower because he's not going to get quite as many touches, probably. But he has very high upside and a very safe floor. So I really like it.
2: I remember three years ago having a discussion preseason with James Coe about Austin Eckler being like our favorite last round pick in, mm. in the redraft. And saying, this is a guy that doesn't get the love and he's really good in PPR and he could just be like the new Danny Woodhead for the Chargers that gets those receptions and and is that integral part of the offense. And he was that. And then he's blossomed into being an all around back that is so good in so many facets, has proven his worth, undrafted free agent that got the extension. Like kudos to you, dude, like you worked your way up and you earned it and you proved to the Chargers that they have a running back. Post Melvin Gordon. And they were like, oh, cool. We're good here. Congratulations on your holdout, Melvin Gordon. You're out. Like, bye. We're set.
1: Bye, Felicia.
2: Bye, Felicia. I love Austin Eckler. I love Justin Herbert. I love this offense. Like you said, and we've said it many times, when you have that quarterback and you're proven like a good young quarterback on the rookie contract, that's the cheat code in the NFL. That gives you the, the flexibility from a cap standpoint to build a roster that can contend. The Chargers are, are are that right now. Like they have the pieces where it's gonna be an if healthy, which is always <laughs> the caveat with the Chargers, it's gonna be interesting to watch them battle Kansas City over the next couple of years uh there in the AFC West. But yeah, love Austin Eckler. I think he's a good PPR machine. Solid RB one if everyone stays on the field. I, I love it.
1: All righty, number nine, and I'm just gonna say this before you guys start yelling at me. Aaron Jones, I have at twelve. Now, if he signs a contract day tomorrow, which is not going to happen, but soon he'll move up my ranks. He's just a free agent, and we don't know. Like I don't know where to put him because he's a great running back. He's so efficient, and I love him. Like I just like to root for him. Like he's just super fun to root for. But when he's on the field, he gets the ball, and he is efficient as heck. The Rams' defense, like Okada said, if you guys watched the playoff game this past weekend entering the the week was like talked about like can green bay move the ball are they going to be able to run the ball all of a sudden aaron jones up the field for a 65 yard gain. like he's just he's matchup proof um so i'm just not sure where he's going to be and that's why i have him at 12 you guys are obviously a little more confident i guess just in his pure ability but i just want to see where is he playing in
0: 2021 uh technically i have him at seven but post trade with bets uh i will have him at eight behind camara so there is that um But yeah, it's just the scoring is really all that it is. I think he is the current Todd Gurley of the NFL, and until his knees fall apart, I will continue to rank him as such.
2: I essentially love Aaron Jones, and I think that the Packers love Aaron Jones, and I basically did my rankings based on the assumption of him getting Same. a new contract with Bay. That's the yes. way that I did this ranking. Um, it is tough right now because it is very much in flux for him, but I think they know how valuable he is to that offense. And I think that they want to keep that trio of Rodgers, Devontae, and Aaron Jones humming. It's an explosive, dynamic offensive core that they have. And it might not be the contract that Aaron Jones wants, but I think that he would be smart to resign if he gets something that's along the Austin Eckler Line like about eight mil per year. I think
0: I think he can even get a little more than Eckler, without getting the twelve to fifteen that the other guys get because he was drafted in the fifth round, and I feel like that matters.
2: Yeah, yeah so I, I, I like think he's gonna get two. somewhere
0: between there, maybe and, ten and if, nine. If they if 9. they 9. come
2: 5. out and they offer him like two years 9. with 9. a 6. third year team <laughs> point six to be <laughs> specific, if they come out and give him like a two year deal with a third year team option at nine and a half per year. Just sign it, dude. Stay there. Give yourself a chance to to contend for a Super Bowl. Don't be greedy to chase an extra million or two. Like do the smart thing. They got a good thing going. And I'm just assuming that these two sides are going to come to an agreement. I know not everyone feels that way, but that's I my agree. general inclination, and I'm I'm ranking him as such.
1: Yeah, I hope they do. Um I feel like Aaron Jones, real quick just before we move on, is a screaming trade target in Dynasty before oh, he signs. Because yep. Right now, everyone out there shares my feelings, which is uh, what do I do with this guy? I don't know. Like, I might just get out from him now while he's on national TV every Sunday on his way to a potential Super Bowl. Um, I'm gonna get out now while I can because there's a lot of uncertainty, but I'm with you guys. I do think they get bring him back, and I hope they do. And if he does, he'll move up in my ranks for sure. All righty, on to number 10 in the ranks. By the way, are what? What do you want? want?
0: Quick, uh,
1: asterisk to what you just said. Do it in okay. the next week.
0: No, no. What's yes. today? Yeah, when we release this, is Thursday. Do it in the next three days. Because on Sunday, they're gonna win, beat Tom Brady, go to the Super Bowl, and in the Super Bowl against either of those two defenses, he's gonna have 150 yards and two touchdowns, and it is 100%. going to lock him in as a re sign for that team. Yes. 100%. So do it now.
2: Agreed. Uh, Good analysis, Okada.
1: <laughs> well done. At uh, at ten we have J.K. Dobbins coming in at nine for ok- or, sorry for John and I, Okada you're down at fourteen outside of your top twelve. But thanks to Johnny Pooh pulling him up, mm. he's in the top twelve. So your thoughts on why you are so low on J.K. Dobbins? Yeah, this was a tough one. Yeah, go ahead and tell why you're wrong.
0: This was a tough one for me. There is a little mix, mix, mess, mix. It's a mix, mess. A mix, a mix, It's a mix. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) here's what's happening in this area of my rankings. We have a couple uh, really stable vets who we are about to talk about at 11 and 12. So I won't name them. Uh, And then we have a little group of rookies. Who are all potentially worth considering around here? And J.K. Dobbins, yep. J.K. Dobbins for me fell in the clump of those rookies behind the two vets we're going to talk about in a second. And the reason he fell kind of amidst the clump is because I, I, he's not going to be Derrick Henry. Because okay. Lamar Jackson is on that team and because there's also Gus Edwards there or whatever other off the street running back they bring along next time. To help share carries. And you know what? It's a smart thing to do. It's a good way to, to play the NFL game and to run an offense. And because of that, I don't see him ever being a 250 carry guy necessarily. I don't see him being a big pass catcher. And both of those things have me a little bit concerned. Also, by the way, Lamar Jackson, I feel like, has an unusually low number of rushing touchdowns for the amount of rushing yards he gets. I feel like we could see him get a nine or eight or nine or 10 year rushing touchdown total. And then that takes away for a little bit from J.K. Dobbins as well. And again, what I said earlier about the two-year window, J.K. Dobbins, for anyone playing with a four-year window, is a middle of the RB1 territory because he's great and extremely young, obviously, in an offense that's looking to be good for a long time. But because I'm playing with a two-year window, a number of vets get above him that are going to be bad in three years, probably, but I don't care. Okay. okay.
1: I think the argument about the vets makes sense to some degree. But my man averaged over six yards per carry in the NFL. He now, did. is that that's a freaking, probably not like, going to happen again? Super efficient metric, no. But we talked about it with Nick Chubb, and he just rips off long runs. That is what this offense does for the running back. We saw Mark freaking Ingram just last year, not this, not 2020, 2019, finish as the RB. Two years
2: ago, we need to condition RB8. ourselves. It is two years ago.
1: It was. And he was 20- that is the
2: language that we are using.
1: 8-29, I forget how old he is, running back. Yeah, he was this old. man has fresh legs. He is entering year two as their for sure lead guy. I have zero doubt he finishes inside the top 12, assuming health next year, even if he's not catching passes. So I, I just feel like oh. up what I've seen, J.K. Dobbins to me is, is locked and loaded for 2021. Interest three.
2: You guys know that of the... Kind of "quote unquote" mm-hmm. top tier. The rookie running backs. Jakey Dobbins is one that I was low on. I, I had him you as you hated my,
0: his dirty rotten guts. You I did. I
2: had him. At, I had him <laughs> as my incoming RB five. It's not like I said he was awful in RB twelve, but I, I didn't like him. I equated him to uh, mayonnaise. I think in an article. Gatti.
0: Gatti. Is there uh, a worse insult? Not really. Uh, well, you no. know what? Actually, it's quite effective because mayonnaise is terrible on its own, but in the right scheme, it's delicious in a lot of different ways. And that's
2: ways. and that's kind of where I'm where I'm going. J.K. Dobbins landed on the
0: perfect
2: team for him yeah. from a grilled cheese point. Like, yeah, he is like when you add mayonnaise to a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh. It's perfect. Woo! Woo! It's, Let me get it. Wonderful. It helps. You put a little mayonnaise on the outside. Yeah. Wonderful. Anyway, <laughs> facts. This is like <laughs> chef stuff. JD <JT> almost is <laughs> the perfect scenario for him. And even I said after he got drafted, I was like, okay, that could work. Like, that is a great fit. This kind of spread zone offense scheme. It's the same scheme he ran in college. It is the heaviest run offense in the entire NFL. He's going to get his opportunities. The defense has to account for Lamar Jackson. Like He has so many things working to his favor as a running back in this scheme, and I love it. And I'm ranking him accordingly. He fits. He had like a 36%. Don't quote me on that number because I don't have it in front of me, but it was 30-something. I think it was 36% market share of the carries on this team this year. If that number goes to 50-plus, he had over 800 rushing yards on a 36% market share of the rushing opportunities for his team. If that goes to 50-plus – You're looking at a dude that could be at a 1,200-plus yard running back next season and give you 8, 10, maybe 12 rushing touchdowns if they lean on him for those opportunities instead of splitting them up in the red zone with Gus Edwards. And if they use Gus Edwards more as a change of pace guy, like they did two years ago, I'm conditioning myself, with Mark Ingram— Then he could step into that role and being 1,200 plus yards, 8, 10, 12 rushing touchdowns with Gus Bus getting like 600 to 800 rushing yards as the change of pace guy in that offense. I think that's the way this is going to go because his efficiency, his youth, his explosiveness has proven that he's the best running back on this offense. And I think he gets the opportunity starting in 2021.
1: And I will say you you can't get JK Dobbins. Like the, the manager that no. has him knows what's coming. I usually trading for Gus Edwards because mm. he is a he is a restricted free agent. Oh I think, I think Gus is actually good. And I think this I team is good. I think Edwards. Gus is
2: a good running back.
1: Yeah, so I'm not and again, that doesn't take away from my love for JK Dobbins, but I do think that oh, God, Gus Edwards Yeah, you could add a fine. He's okay, he's good in this in this scheme. Yes. I think but in if dynasty, if you have a roster that is multiple flexes next year, I think you can, you're going to be able to like flex Gus Edwards most weeks, and certainly with injury, like he's like the perfect depth running back for your roster. So I'll be love these top twelves. Like go get Gus Edwards for a rookie third and put him on the end of your bench or late second or something like that, and get that this guy for cheap. It What's that?
2: I think that would do it too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I just think he's a good value right now. I just want to put that out. All right, fellas, last two. Josh Jacobs at eleven, Ezekiel Elliott at twelve. Ooh. Josh Jacobs, I feel like is really interesting because Okada's at ten, I'm at thirteen, and John is at twelve. And just saying those numbers, feel, I feel like just sounds wrong. But uh, the guys ahead of him, I also love. So I don't know what to do with Josh Jacobs in Dynasty because. Oh no no no! no, no let me let me
2: let me correct you. They feel wrong because it feels too high.
1: Oh, oh. Wow. spicy!
2: Yeah. All right, tell me why. Because the dude doesn't catch any passes at all. You had all all the talk last offseason. Oh, I'm so mad. I'm so mad that Josh Jacobs didn't win Offensive rookie of the year. And we want to get him more involved in the passing game. And we know he can do it. But you didn't. Like, why? Why are you not? We've seen him do it in college. This podcast has said this ad nauseum so many times. This guy can catch passes. He's done it. It's not that he can't. They won't. They won't throw him the ball, even though their best wide receiver is a tight end, and their next best wide receiver is a deep target at best. Like, why are you not getting the ball in space to arguably the best playmaker that you have on your entire offense? It doesn't make any sense. But Josh Jacobs, to me, was overdrafted this last season, and he's going to be overdrafted again next year because everyone's so enticed and think it's going to be great. And he's probably going to finish as a mid RB two, especially when you bring in the new rookie class and what they're going to do in the NFL as well. Josh Jacobs to me is someone that you can probably sell on name value and youth and opportunity air quotes, air quotes and 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 all these great buzzwords where people are going to want to buy up a running back because he's young and exciting.
1: I mean, he yeah. is young. <laughs> that's not. That's no, not a he, is, he is like,
2: and, and I and I know that he is, but. I just don't see it. Like I, I'm I'm to the point where it's like, okay, it's been two seasons now in this offense. We know what this offense looks like. We know the John Gruden uh, offense. Gruden ain't going anywhere. He's got like eight years left on that $100 million contract that he signed. Um, Gruden is going to be a perfectly fine asset on your fantasy football team. He's not going to be the top tier RB1 that people think that he's going to ascend to. If I can sell him for two firsts, I'm doing it.
1: I think at two first, I'm also out. But it's just tough because, like you're saying, like you know what could be, but it, are they gonna yeah. get there? I don't know. No, and I just want to play well, a quick, quick game for targets because that's the that's the talking point, right? Like, we, we are not gonna argue he's a good runner of the football. It's oh, a yeah. decent offensive line. True. The offense seems to be improving, pretty good. But again, if he's not if you're not a Derrick Henry, you're not a Nick Chubb, and you don't or JK Dobbins is just like an insanely high volume running attack. You will never get into the top five in terms of a a weekly finish or a season-long finish, I should say, if you're not catching passes. That's the argument. I want to play a game. More targets in 2020. Josh Jacobs, David Johnson. David Johnson. David Johnson. By one.
0: How many did he have?
1: Uh, David Johnson had 46. 46. Josh I think there was a David 45. Johnson
0: bet. We need to pull up our bets at some point. Bet. We do on that. I had a David Johnson bet that I hope you I did. Have a
2: David out. Johnson bet.
1: Okay, Melvin Gordon or Josh Jacobs. Ooh. I'm gonna go Jacobs by one.
2: I'm gonna go Jacobs because of Melgo missing some time.
1: You are correct, barely. Kalen Balage. Oh no! Or Josh Jacobs. You
2: stop it right
0: now. <laughs> Answer I don't want to answer. No.
2: I'm going to have to go, Kalen Balazs. Uh,
0: I plead the fifth.
1: <laughs> Actually, it was Josh Jacobs by a decent oh. margin. I, I just wanted to put that out there because I thought that was really funny. But here's well, how, about this?
0: how about this? What? 2008, 33-year-old Warwick Dunn in John Gruden's <laughs> last season with the Buccaneers or Josh Jacobs. Hint, oh, it was Warwick Dunn. I just pulled it up. <laughs>
2: Oh my god, serious. Yes, but the
0: thing is, is
2: like how 30. many 68? He had 68 targets worth done, <laughs> At
0: 33 years old in 2008, <laughs> gosh,
2: so there is hope.
1: Groot, but also, yo, yeah, I don't
2: know. When, when Josh Jacobs turns 30, there's yes, hope. he'll
1: get the targets. All yes, right, so exactly. you trade him now, you trade for him again in three years, make a mental note. All right, got it. Um, but we this is on us too. Like we should have seen this coming. The team told us what they wanted to do. They re-signed Devontae Booker, they went out and yep. brought in like all these dusty pass catching running backs for 47 different tryouts in August, signed one or two, then released one. And three. then
2: traded another. Yeah. Like, drafted, then traded.
1: So they told us they don't see him in that light. Right. Unless uh, something changes this offseason. We'll see. But as of now, it doesn't look that way. Sad times take. To start catching past it. Does anyone remember? Well, you yeah, know what? We're
0: about to start three. talking about him. So look at that. What a transition.
1: It's, it's like you're a pro or I something, called. Okada. A professional. Three years. Um, it took him three years, three. guys. Three. Yeah, Third year. year three. Yes. Year 39 three, targets, had,
0: 38 targets, and then, and then 95 had, targets. Yes. Yeah,
2: 70 plus receptions year three. The faith three. is there. So,
0: How many right, receptions? I'm, I'm going
2: 74 receptions yes. year three for Z. Easy.
0: Easy clap. Oh, 77. 77, plus.
1: Yeah, 77. All right. There you have it. The man that we're going to talk about next is none other than Ezekiel Elliott. Oh. Okada at 11, me and John at 14. And I talked about it in season. There are red flags at the wazoo for Ezekiel Elliott. Is he going to be better when Dak's under center again? Yes. yes. Is he a running back that signed an absolutely egregious contract? Well, great for him. <laughs> egregious contract? Yeah. Yes. Is the offense going to suffer for it? We're going to find out but he has been in the league since 2016. It is now 2021. I'm that out. Years. That's where I'm at. I'm out. That's too many. That's too long. Uh, Running back soon. It's happening soon for Zeke. Maybe not this year, but I'm out while he still has value.
2: I'm going to piggyback on you before Okada talks. I said this about a month ago. We were talking about Ezekiel Elliott, and I said he's no longer an RB1 for me in Dynasty. Like, I yeah. am out because it takes this perfect ecosystem where he had the best offensive line in football, which no longer is there. Like four of those five offensive linemen are gone. Um, You have a pass heavy offense with CD lamb ascending and Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and uh, potentially tight end involvement as well. Maybe Dax coming back, maybe not, but to me, The end is very, very close. The fall-off happens very, very fast for these running backs. I think that we've already seen it. He might see a little bit of a buoy back up in 2021. But for me, Ezekiel Elliott, if he gives you RB1, like not not RB1 overall, like top 12 numbers at the running back position in a week-in, week-out basis, that's a win. I don't expect that from him. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't expect him to finish in the top 12 in a week in week out basis and because of that i can't say that he's an rb1 and i think that it is just a down slope from here for zeke in terms of his production if you can sell on the name value and on well Dak's probably coming back and it's gonna look better do it get rid of it sell him out i would take like any pretty much of the 2020 rookie running backs Basically, straight up for Zeke. And I think that you might be able to get like Swift in a second for Zeke or something like that. And if I can oh, do that every day a trade, I'm doing that every single time. And yeah, right. I'm making that trade.
0: Listen up. You, no. you, no. no. First of all, before I get too crazy, I only have him a few spots ahead of you guys. I'm at <laughs> Although I think I might switch him above Josh Jacobs to 10. But th- let, let me make the case for poor little Zeke and his split <laughs> hair poofs. And you guys trashing him. And that I know haircut is the worst, the worst haircut I've bad. ever seen. <laughs> I'm surprised not oh, yeah. outside your guys' top 20 based off what you just said. But let me make the case. All there right. right. Uh, five games with, Z- with Dak Prescott before There's he went like- down, small sample size, 22.3 fantasy points per game, fifth Good. among running backs. So this season was not the end for sure. Now, did he look like crap after that? Yes. Did I say a few weeks ago that I think that's motivation-related and not so much that he's like getting old and his knees are breaking down? Yes. I think when Dak comes back and this offense is humming again and Zeke knows that he's playing as part of a good offense with a quarterback that can win, he will be better. Also, important fact for anyone who's afraid of Tony Pollard or afraid of Zeke becoming uh, a backseat in this offense, this team signed this guy to a six-year, $90 million contract These are the cap hits for him for the next five seasons. 13.7 million, 16.5 million, 15 million, 12.6 million, 15.4 million. Let me tell you what that means.
1: (laughs) It means it
0: means that they are not (laughs) giving him the ball. They have to figure out a way to justify that contract. He is going to keep getting carries until his feet fall off of his body. And in this offense, which is going to be good with Dak Prescott, there is no doubt about that, he is going to continue to be good. Score touchdowns, rack up yards. Is he as flashy as he was when he was a top three running back? No. I think he's probably going to finish over the next year or two in the top six to eight, which begs the question, should I have him even higher than 10 because I play in a two-year window now? And the answer is maybe yes. But the simple fact is, He's only 25. I understand he has a lot of carries, but he was still good with Dak. This offense will still be good, and this team has to keep giving him the ball and making him work. If they have to eat it on the defensive side from a salary cap perspective to make him work, maybe they do that. And you know what? That's great. That's great for everybody because it means more offensive production. But he's going to have to be made work for this team. So I think he's still an RB1 and a good one.
2: Okay. You alluded to one of the biggest problems that I have with Ezekiel Elliott.
0: His hair, his haircut.
2: <laughs> well, his haircut is egregious by any. Not even a cut. I think it's
0: a style. It's I'm like a, all the hair is still like, there, but it just.
2: Years, it's like it's like when my daughter was like, "Put my hair up," and and I would do like the two little knots on top. Like that's what Zeke looked like. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna sound like Okada real quick. Here's my problem with Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Okay 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 i don't want a fickle superstar running back that needs to be motivated to do his job i don't want ezekiel elliott to be like oh i'm not feeling it or i just don't have a good vibe or oh we're not gonna make the playoffs or I wonder what's happening next week, or my lunch didn't sit right, or <laughs> I didn't get my shirt pressed the way that I wanted to. And that's going to be the way that he shows get up. Right. I don't Back. want that bleepity bleep and bleep on my roster. It's like Kyrie Irving in the NBA. He's good oh, when he shows up, but he's like, I don't know if you read my article on Deadspin where I talked about the trade that sent James Harden where I was like the artist slash philosopher slash social justice warrior basketball player. Like he's not just focused on his job and now all of a sudden James Harden there and he's like, well, I'm really sorry that I stepped away from the game and I just – I needed a break and and now I'm back and now I'm focused. That's how Zeke is well, Dak's coming back. Okay. Well, I'm ready now, and and I'm and I'm ready to show up, and and I'm ready to give the effort, and I'm ready to play football again. You looked disinterested and lazy when you had mm. a hungry running back behind you on the depth chart mm. trying to take your job. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with Ezekiel Elliott, and but
0: but he will not. Take his job because of the money So you're right but you're also wrong Maybe they trade him in two years I, I doubt anything is going to be tough enough to take that money on The no. Cowboys are just going right. to you're, suck know what, it up. you're
2: absolutely right This is the Mets paying Bobby Bonilla ah! Millions of dollars every year for 15 years it's going to be the same thing Zeke's going to be out of the league and still getting paid By the Cowboys That's what's yeah. going to end up happening
1: For a trade with Ezekiel Elliott is our man, Bill O'Brien, back as a GM. Ooh. That is the only hope. Here we
0: go, Billy! That is the only hope. Here we go, Billy! <laughs> and, it,
1: and it comes oh, full circle. Oh we'll just close God. out the show with this question for you guys. Yes. I'm going to say you have a $100 you're going to put down a bet. Hmm. Which of these running backs is going to rip off a 20-plus yard run? Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard? Tony Pollard.
2: 100%. Easy money. Like, Easily, I think the
0: motivated Zeke with Dak. Oh know,
2: stop.
1: No Tony Pollard He like he didn't care. Yeah, but even when he does care, it's like he's good. I'm not saying he's not a good running back. He's, he's very trade. good. Yeah. But he's what? the guy that is gonna get you a chunk of yards here, or there. But like I also want upside with the running back that can like rip off a long run and save my fantasy week, like Aaron Jones all out of nowhere. Zeke can't do that. So, I don't know. I guess it's a mute point because next year I think he's going to be good. I'm not saying he won't be, but in Dynasty, no way. I'm out.
2: I'm cutting bait right now on Ezekiel Elliott, and, and you know what's wonderful
1: in all the leagues that you guys have in. I don't Perfect. even remember. We'll work
2: how out a trade how we, after this. <laughs> I don't even remember how many leagues I'm I'm in right now. It's,
0: 47. it's twenty seven.
2: It's I think it's over twenty-seven because I added a couple startups.
0: Um, oh my gosh, mid-season. I have, yeah, I have to go.
2: zero Ezekiel Elliott exposure across the board. I have a not word. a single shirt, and I don't want
1: any. Well, on that positive note, let's close out the show. Fellas. That was <laughs> fun. We went a little long today, but that was okay. It was, uh, it was well worth it uh, for the running backs. If you missed the quarterback show, I encourage you to go back. Check that one out. It was a ton of fun. We are back next week with wide receivers. Very excited for that. Okada has his hand raised on YouTube. Okada, well, you I like- just have a i have a
0: question I can oh, ask yeah. it after. Actually, you know what? I'll ask it now because it's related no, to the running backs. No, and now no, you're, now you're no, going no. on. We're, just a quick question because yeah. we don't want to end on the terrible Zeke stuff. Okay. We did not mention DeAndre Swift, CEH, Cam makers Which one do you guys have highest of those three? Oh,
1: that's hey. a good question.
0: I hey. got CEH highest. Oh, you dumb dumb.
1: All right, ah. you can continue with the conclusion now we'll have to we'll have to do a, a specific like 2020 running backs do? show uh oh, yeah. to talk about those three uh, especially because that i mean it's so interesting like how do you value these guys because they could mm-hmm. all be in the top mm-hmm. five they also mm-hmm. could all be at the end of the year next year in the out of the top 20 mm-hmm. so it's a crazy kind of scenario we'll talk about that in another show anyways we're done we're closing out the show we're back next week for wide receivers enjoy playoff football Enjoy Aaron Rodgers absolutely smashing this week.
2: Yes! Yes, Yes.
1: Until next time, we are the Red Shirts.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this
1: episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.